to Goonies World. My name is Goonie, also known as Colin, and I'm joined, as always, by Johnny Pharaoh, also known as Sean. Hi there, everybody. And Meanie, also known as Ryan. What's up? So we are playing a little game called Knave, and uh, Sean can tell us all about it. Well, I don't know all about it, although it's only seven pages long, so I should. But this is a toolkit for running old-school-style RPGs without classes. It's So it's not a complete system in and of itself, because it doesn't have a monster section, for example. But if you like to make that up by yourself anyway, it looks like it might be fun. It's the first time I've ever played it, first time we've we've ever played it. The whole gimmick of it is that unlike old school or even new school fantasy games, you're not a class. You're not a fighter or a thief or a magic user. You are a knave. You're a little bit of everything. And we're going to set this in a setting called Dearth, which I have run off mic in a long campaign a few years ago. It's a very Jack Vance, Gene Wolfe inspired setting. And I always like to think of it as animated by Ralph Bakshi in the late 70s. Uh, but we'll just go ahead and jump in. We won't front load it too much. So we have two characters here with us who had to leave their homes in the province of Ash due to a great famine. People used to eat these round roly-poly animals called beeves, and these beeves would graze on xenodendrium grasses under the bloated red sun, but they all died in a fungal sickness of some kind, and people panicked. And they turned to other food sources and they looked towards their uh, halfling neighbors who lived in pueblos nearby. And they began to butcher the halflings and eat them. But a butcher named, uh, is it Squig or Squirk? Me name Squirk. Yes, a butcher named Squirk Fallowshins had a friend who was a halfling. And he, Squirg is a very loyal man, and he couldn't butcher his little halfling friend. And so they have left the province of Ash together, and they're walking along this big ancient causeway. It's actually an elevated road. Some people call it the flying road. It's built on these huge pylons that are three or four chains high. A chain's about a yard. It's a unit of measurement. And it towers over the landscape, but that's where you two are walking. So let's just pause a minute and get to know your characters. Since we mentioned you first, Squirg, why don't you tell us a little more about yourself? Well, me flabby with a pinched face. He's got sort of uh, like jaundicey, sickly yellow skin. Um, and his hair is just greasy and like long um but but thinning out uh, noticeably um but he doesn't really give a shit um and he's uh you know he's about average height uh just flabby as all fuck though and um he he has this peculiar clothing choice he wears like these really ancient sort of styles of clothing yeah. um it's sort of a uh an eccentricity, I suppose. Um, and um, he, he, his teeth are, are a, 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 an interesting feature because he's got like one, like right in the middle of like where, where you know, you would have two uh, 
two front teeth. He's got one there, and then all of his other teeth are like, you know, about a quarter inch apart, and just like, so it's like it's like a tooth and then a tooth and a tooth and a tooth and then the same on the other side. It's just weird <laughs> dental problem, almost like a cartoon character, I would say. Yeah, totally. Um, that's great because I imagined this to be animated anyway, so that's perfect. And uh, yeah, so he uh, he he well. I don't. I don't know if he's, uh, you know, keeping a lot of secrets, but he does. Uh, he is aligned with chaos. Yeah, he probably doesn't believe in much order. Of course, this is not uh, Warhammer Chaos with a capital C, but it does represent a chaotic uh, worldview, kind of a fuck right. it attitude. Do what thou wilt. So. His companion, then, is a halfling. So tell us a little more about this halfling. Well, his name is Jupiltrix, burglar extraordinaire. <laughs> and he, uh, I would just go off the, uh, what I wrote down here. Got a round face, rosy skin, wispy hair. He wears patched clothing. Yeah, I like that patched clothing for some reason. Yeah. It's a nice touch. He'd like to be more of a fancy dresser. He sees himself as more of a fancy little halfling, but uh, he's, it's hard times right now. So uh, he's, and then I would say neutral alignment. And uh, he suspected. Of something. Probably because yeah. he's a burglar. Probably. Or he was. He, yeah. He's not been burgling uh, too much lately. He's just trying to survive. Well, that was one of the big rationales people used in the province of Ash when they were starting to eat halflings. When they chose to start <laughs> eating them. In lieu of beeves, an argument that was always advanced was, well, halflings can't be trusted. They're thieves. They're always stealing things. Well, the truth is, most of them are peaceful Pueblo dwellers. But now, you've got really nowhere to go. But everybody knows that when they've lost everything, they can always go to Ceres Arcs, the last citadel. It's a huge city. Some people say it stretches all the way up into the sky. It just goes up and up and up and up forever and curves off into the wild dark blue. But you don't see anything like that now as you move south across this flying road. Again, the highway is built on pylons that go over the landscape and night is still a long time away you have about two days worth of food left simple travel rations they aren't very satisfying so far you haven't run into any trouble on the road though but as you walk under the huge bloated red sun that seems to fill up half the sky just for a minute you feel like the sun shudders a little bit it's something that happens a lot. Most people do expect the world to end pretty much any time. It's an incredibly ancient world. It doesn't have much time left. And this has created sort of a lassitude amongst the citizens. There's not a lot of uh, forward thinking anymore. Not a lot of initiative or new inventions. Everyone's just kind of tired. But it's people like you, knaves like you, 
who keep fighting, who keep struggling, who keep thinking there could be some tomorrow. And that's why you're out walking. And whether you end up getting all the way to Sarah's Arcs, who knows? It's probably a very long way. And it's a very strange world that's mostly unexplored. There's no vast overall government. So you'll be walking through largely lawless lands that you don't know anything about. But up ahead, you're walking into a forested area. You can see there's a pinkish-purple smudge on the southern horizon for a few hours, and then it devolves into this forest. And as you get closer, there's a great big stand of knotberry trees. Now, you've seen knotberries before, but you've never seen the trees they come from. They come up in trade caravans from the south. There used to be goblin trade caravans that would come up the great road, but they don't come anymore. You don't know why. But these must be the knotberry trees themselves. They have very long, flexible pink stalks that sort of bend over like lampposts and hang over the road. But at the very edge of this forest, they're up on the road itself. There is what looks like a little stand, a little booth. A fellow has set up two barrels with a board across them. And this fellow is shirtless. He's very, very, very skinny, but he has a gigantic gut. He almost looks pregnant. And there's a treehouse, actually, above him, suspended from one of the knotberry trees, hanging over him. And with him is an immensely, morbidly overweight, obese fellow sitting on a stool. And his head is that of a donkey. And you get closer, you're thinking at first it's a mask, but as you get closer, you realize it's a living head of an ass on this fat man. And there's a sign written in uh, Old Anglionic. You can read it, even though you speak Doptic. Its meaning is quite clear. Not buried. One P. And uh, a P is a penny. Pennies are made of this stuff called Red Caparis. I don't think we've said so, but you guys can each assume you've got like D6 pennies. Right. That's the main form of exchange. So, would you like to stop and talk to these strange fellows and buy some not aid and maybe get some news about the road ahead? It'll cost you a penny. But the man is very eagerly beckoning you over the fellow with the big gut and the skinny yes, body. Yes, I think uh, we should stop along the way and check out uh, these not berries and check out the news of the world. Hey, these man fat like me and flabby. All the flabby men are jovial, you know. Hello, come on over, come on over. Yes, just come hey, on. Hey, flabby. Flabby, good to see you. Hey, I hear oh. you selling a not aid. You have? Oh, you, you, that's wonderful. Our not aid is famous all across the northern provinces. But it's been a long time since anyone's come down from your way. Tell me, is it true what they say? Are people reduced to eating each other up there? Well, only the halflings they eating, and that's why I escaped with my friend here because I, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly eat him. He's too small. Wouldn't make a good meal anyway. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, that, that's why I never understood why they picked on us halflings. They don't make much of a meal, anyways. Hmm. I must admit, I never really thought about it. Have you thought about it, Aki? And Aki, the ass-headed man, goes, <laughs> He's uh, obviously trying to talk, but he's not saying anything. He's trying to talk through the vocal apparatus of an ass. And it's coming out very awkwardly. Maybe that's why they call him Aki. 
I'm sorry, where are my manners? Where are my manners? I'm Bong, and I live here in my simple house. Say, where are you traveling to anyway? It's a long way to any kind of settlement. You'll be going through some bad, bad lands. Well, we are traveling to the city of Theris Arks, far away. Oh, oh, they say it goes all the way up into the sky like a beanstalk, says Bong. Yes, well, that's what we've heard as well. We figure there's a nice uh, civilization there that won't be eating halflings, and uh, perhaps we can uh, flourish there. Well, I hope so, but that's a long way away. I don't know anyone who's ever been there. I'm quite well regarded in my community. You look around, of course, you don't see any community. It's just a treehouse and Aki sitting on a stool. Well, I hope it's not uh, some sort of land of fable that doesn't actually exist. Everything that has ever existed is probably still around in some form somewhere. But let me not wax philosophical. Well, first of all, let me give you a nice refreshing cup of not buried. It's only one penny. It's lovely. Yes, yes. You may have my penny. Are these freshly squeezed? Oh, yes. Aki squeezes them every morning. <laughs> Says Aki. And he begins squeezing a not berry in his armpit. Well, I, I don't know if uh, that's the place I was expecting them to, to be squeezed. No, oh, but you see, the knotberry husk is very hard. And uh, it must, great pressure must be applied to it. And Aki is quite powerful. He was a powerful warrior until he ran afoul of that wizard. You see what I happened? I was just going to ask if this is re- result of some sort of spell. Well... Yes, it's a terrible spell. Aki here has been polymorphed. He's never been the brightest, but he tried to trick a wizard who lives not far from here named Zar Narwhal. Have you ever heard of Zar Narwhal? No, I have not, but I... Is this a friendly wizard, you think? I mean, I guess he's not, if you cross him. Well, I suppose that such... Words as friendly don't really have much meaning when one talks about a wizard with the power of Tsar Narwhal, the man's immorality unto himself. Well, I uh, do enjoy uh, spellcraft myself. I've got several spells I might use if it if need be. You don't have a a way to polymorph my friend's head back to its original shape, do you? I'm afraid not. Oh, well, what about you, sir? Do you also wield the mighty powers of magic? I know a thing or two, but I... I don't think I can help your friend. Yes, well... Maybe it's all for the best. He was always a dull conversationalist, anyway. Tell me, do you have anything to trade? I have some items here I'd love to trade. Anything interesting? I have a lovely air bladder. You blow it up, fill it with air, and you put it under your bum when you're camping. It's very comfortable. Could be used as a flotation device, I suppose, yes? Hmm, yes. Does it sound like flatulence when you sit on it? Yes, it does. It's most amusing. Of course, only if you keep one finger over the blowhole. 
Uh, hold the little nibble there, and then slowly release the air. Then one can make the most delightful and amusing sounds of flatulence. <laughs> Agrees Arky. Well, I don't think I need that, but... I do think I'll be taking a Notberry aid. Oh! Oh! Well, wonderful! Lovely, lovely! Drink up now, it's good for you! Oh, yes. I don't suppose either of you gentlemen would be uh, interested in a saw? I've lovely saw! And he holds it up from behind the counter. Lovely, lovely saw! I'd be happy to trade! Surely you have something! Well, um... I don't know how much... I mean, I, I do think that could come in handy, but, uh... I have myself a drill... Which, uh, I actually think might come in more handy. But I do have yes, yes. incense. Mm. Would you like some smelly incense? Mm, yes, smelly incense. Very nice. Yeah, he holds a stick up under his nose. Mmm, very nice. What do you think, Arky? <laughs> yes, you know, I think I will trade you. Ah, uh, this saw for that incense. That sounds like a fine deal. Now you will never have to smell uh, um, ass-face stench. <laughs> well, when you put it like that, uh, it does make it sound rather unpleasant. Uh, and what about you, good sir? I don't suppose you have anything to trade. Do you, would you like some glue? Do you have anything to trade for glue, you big man? Well, I don't. I can't think of anything I would need uh, glue for. What about face paint, eh? Yes, I have some black and white face paint. You could put a star around one eye and use some red lips and a white face, or you could make, like, demon wings around your eyes. Or, or I wish I had some silver, because then you could go, go for, like, a space ace thing, and, oh, you could decorate your face like a cat. That would be amusing. Hmm. Yes. That would be, um, that would be amusing. Oh, very droll, very droll, very nice. <laughs> Arky agrees. Well, if you're uh, not interested in face paint, then uh, I'll show you my final thing that I have. These lovely oil skin trousers. Yes, never, never, your bum will never be wet again. And they're completely uh, covered with black... Uh, shiny, so they look like, you know, black leather pants. Yes, laces up the front. That's the Morrison style. The Morrison lacing. So uh, are those, like, uh, ha are adult, regular human size, or are they... Well, the beauty of these is that they are shrink to fit. Oh, yes, whoever puts them on, it shrinks to fit them. Or grows. They were created just so. One size fits all. You know, the tailors of the very uh, ancient times had much greater skill and knew many secrets than what Wait, we know now. Wait, are you telling me those pants are ancient? Yes. Yes, they're very ancient. One size well, fits I must, all. I simply must have them. Well, I do admit, they would flatter your ensemble, sir. I could trade this. Uh, I got a blank book. Oh, my... Yes, that's very nice. Yes, that will allow me to keep my accounts. Don't you think we should start keeping some accounts, Arky? Ooh. Yes. Yes, I will make that trade. That blank book for these oilskin trousers. Very nice. Very happy. I've had those for a long time. Goodbye, oilskin trousers. One size fits all if you ever want to trade with your little so friend. So this guy has, like, Jim Morrison leather pants, kiss makeup, a saw, and some glue. 
And I'm like, is he like, <laughs> is he like is getting ready for a, you know, Alice Cooper concert or something? Who saw somebody's head off? Yeah, I think sniff some I glue. Think he, I think he might be. He, he he would like to saw his friend's head off sometimes. He gets a little sick of him, but he doesn't let that show. Anyway, oh, it's been so lovely doing business with you. Been right before he can say anything else, this huge shadow looms up on your right. Something very large jumping from the ground level up to the level of this elevated roadway where his stand is. And, uh, you know, the trees are on the ground. They're just so high that they're gone up over the roadway. But this massive thing lands right in front of you. And the only thing I can really describe it as is like a rabbit, but a purple rabbit. About 400 pounds, man-sized and thick with... And it's funny that you mentioned your tooth right in the middle earlier, because this one has one huge black tooth right in the middle of its mouth. And its fur, like I said, is purple, but it's like a purple and black striped, like a zebra or a tiger stripes. And it does not have the, uh, the same disposition that you would think of when you think of a rabbit in our world. Uh, it's very fierce and it attacks you and there's nothing you can do about it except a fight or run. But let's roll initiative. One of you guys roll a d6 and if it's a 1, 2, or 3 you guys go first. And if it's a 4, or 5, or 6 then the evil rabbit will go first. Uh, I rolled a 6. I thought this. No, that's a good That's um, the 4, 5, and 6 should be us. Oh, okay. Yes. yes. Well, good. Good, good, good point. Yes, let's go for I it. I just uh, looked over it before we started. So. Wonderful. Yeah. I know it was one of the two, so I flipped it. But let's go forward. And you guys get the drop on this thing, and you recover yourselves. And it's within melee range of you, but one can always try to move back and then shoot it with your bows. But what do you guys do? Yeah, you guys can go in any order. Uh... Well, it's right in melee range. Yeah, oh yeah, and it's chittering and stamping and angry, and all of this is, of course, happening in like a, a millisecond. You can imagine that huge central black tooth popping your skull. I think uh, I probably want to create some distance and, uh, you know, run back a little ways to shoot my longbow. Okay, where are you going, Long? Where are you? Meanwhile, what are you doing, Squirk? Squirk, Squirk, not gonna let a black-toothed bunny scare him. He's going to rush in with his dagger. Okay. And now the uh, the, the terrible bunny has an armor defense of fourteen, and so that's what you must roll. You must roll fourteen when you make your d twenty roll and add. That's your gonna be a sixteen. Yes, that's great. Add your strength bonus there. Yep. Yeah. And you've got the ideal weapon for this. You will do it, actually do an extra dice of damage. You've got the sharp, cutting, penetrating blade. Eight. That can get through this hide. Okay. You do eight points of damage with your dagger. Unless sixes explode, then it would be more. No, they don't Damn. explode. Although that would be a nice house rule. It would certainly make combat go a lot faster. But, uh, so the this hideous rabbit thing... It, maybe it's like a bear rabbit. There, I just named it. Bear rabbit. The b- bear rabbit. <laughs> bear rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well let's not go down no, that no. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> Let's not go down that rabbit hole. Uh, 
Anyway, the bear rabbit. You think maybe he could uh, take make some nasty claws and claw attacks, but it also has that big tooth, and that's what it decides to do, which is to take a nice big bite of a tasty-looking squirg, and he rolls, and he has his hit dice, and he gets a 14, and I think that hits you because your armor defense is 12, right, squirg? Yes, the gambeson. Gambeson. Anyway, you are bitten by the bear rabbit, and I'm going to roll his damage for that of 2d6, and it looks nasty, because I just rolled a 10. Ooh, ouch. 2d6 and a 4. Terrible bite. And that being said, uh, Bong and Aki, they don't do anything but run. They're running in the opposite direction. And uh, now the... Cowards. Yeah. But uh, now, Jubal, you've run back a little bit, right, to shoot your longbow. You want to let one fly? Yes, I do. Okay, go for it. And it would be adding your wisdom bonus. This game, you add your wisdom bonus to ranged attacks, not your dexterity. Oh. Yes. So. Well, I got a 12. That's not enough, right? 12 is not enough. Uh, But the arrow flies fast and lands in the barrel of the little improvised not very aid stand. So it hasn't gone far. And then uh, are you attacking with the dagger again, Squirg? Or what are you doing? Yes. Okay. And the thing is uh, hopping and dodging and weaving around you, but it's still very close to you. Um, But I only roll an eight. Oh no! You miss, and the great big rabbit creature takes two swipes at you with his nasty little paws, but only one of them hits you. And it does three points of damage, and it snarls like you never thought you would hear such a cute thing snarl. And do you want to fire another arrow, Jubal? Yes. Okay. 14 is the magic number. It's a little high. Yeah. It's a thick skin. Almost. I got a 13. Oh, well, almost. Almost. That's too bad. You got so close. But uh, luckily it doesn't hit your friend. So. Squirg, uh, roll an 18. Squirg, nice with an 18. That's what you need right there. Roll a big 2d6 for the damage for your ideal little dagger. Your pointy dagger against the soft. That's going to be 10. And that's more like it. You've done 18 points of damage to this thing so far. And it rears back and tries to take another single bite at your head, but it does not. In fact, it only rolls a nine. And Jubal? All right, now you honey rabbit. Uh, that's a 19. All right, 19. That certainly hits. That's great. And you also go ahead and take the extra d6 of damage because you've got the ideal type of weapon for this creature. What What is the uh, actual... D6. So I roll 2d6 then? Yeah, extra d6. Okay. There's this little special rule that says you can get extra die of damage if the attack type is just right for the creature. And I plan to rule in your favor with that often, bordering on abuse. Because, but then again, stabbing and poking seems like it'd be a pretty effective attack against many creatures. Maybe not a skeleton, 
but certainly a big fat rabbit. Six. Okay, six points of damage. So that's not bad though, that's 24 points of damage to the bear rabbit. You've done more to it than it's done to you. And what about Square? Can he follow up with another dagger? He's gonna try, but he's gonna miss with an 11. Oh no, it's a missed dagger attack. And this thing isn't quite ready to give up yet, and it tries again to bite you, but this time rolling terribly a six, even with his bonus. So, he will not hit you. Jubal, are you launching another arrow? Of course, you got to move around a little bit yep. because he moves, but... Fourteen. Oh, hey, fourteen. Yep, here comes that pointy Ooh. just right damage. Roll a six, and I... Oh, shit, twelve. Oh, well, two sixes. Twelve. That's great, because you know what? He did. You've done 36 points of damage to it, and it had 31 hit points. And your arrow sinks into its cute little eyeball. And then the whole beast shudders. him right. And he falls. Falls to the ground. His little feet kicking. His big feet kicking. And Bong and Aki come running up. Thank you! You're thank quite you. welcome, but you, uh... I would have thought this uh, donkey-headed man uh, would have been of use to us. He could have assisted us. Well, yeah, he's lost his confidence, you see. Uh-huh. Ever since, ever since our narwhal, the great wizard, polymorphed his head, he's lost his confidence as a warrior. And he's let himself go to seed. But, but if the big rabbits are coming up from the south, then something must be disturbing them down there. Did you say you were going towards the south? Yes, you did, didn't you? Uh, wherever Cirrus Arcs is, is that Yes, south? yes, that's in the south. Oh, yes, very far, far away to the south, yes. Yes, uh, you say something uh, has uh, disturbed these rabbits? Well, usually they're not migratory. They, they don't come this far this north. I don't think they would unless there was some trouble down south. Of course, there's trouble everywhere. You know, I think that you deserve a reward. You've saved our lives, so I'd like to give you this face paint, and and I think I'd like to give you this glue, as well. So, so which one of you would like the face paint, and which one of you would like the glue? Well, I think the face paint goes with these nice pants, nicely. Yes, I agree. I agree. Uh, I, th I think it's a very small price to pay for my life. And I am quite creative. I will think of something of use uh, for this glue. And yes, I yes. know it will come in handy at some point. Yes, maybe you should be creative with glue. Like you could work in paper mache, perhaps? Yes, that's a possibility. <laughs> well, I can't help but uh, thank you. Now, listen, if you're not careful, uh, you could be caught out after dark. Now, um, I must say... You must now bear witness to another genius idea of mine. I okay. am going to use this saw that I traded for, yes. and I'm going to saw off this giant paw of this buddy, and it oh. will be extra, extra good luck for all of us. Well, my, now I, 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 I've never even, uh, what a quaint custom. That's lovely. Well. I, I hope it will be good luck for all, you would think it would only be good luck for he who carries it. Well, um, I suppose, yes. But it will be, my good luck will be all of our good luck. Well, if you cut off all four feet, we can each have one. 
Well, there you go. Yes, but it was my idea. Well, speaking of uh, carrying, <laughs> if you're going to carry around these uh, rabbit yeah. feet, you need to write them down on your character sheet. So glue. Uh, you've got glue and you've got an oversized rabbit foot. That only takes up one slot, though. Don't worry. So the overwrite. The, this, the rabbit foot does. Yeah, yeah, I did trade the incense so I can mark that off. Good, good, good. Yeah, mark that off. Yeah, and then Squirt can mark off his blank book. You see, these characters, they have item slots equal to their constitution score. It's slightly artificial, but it forces you to think about what you're carrying. And a lot of our games that we've played, we've had, like, guys carrying around several refrigerators worth of inventory, you know, uh, on their bodies, theoretically, which is fine most of the time, but this one definitely forces you to do some resource management, and I think that's cool. So, he says, the only place you could really find shelter after dark around here might be the, uh, there could still be a, a village around the base of Tsar Narwhal's tower, and if you hurry, you could make it there by dark, but you'll have to go through the Neon Forest, which is just beyond this forest. And I'm a little fearful, because if the rabbits have come this way, the rabbits are burrowers. I'm afraid they might have been driven out by some other burrowers, and I certainly hope it wasn't the rotlings, for I have heard terrible rumor that the rotlings were beginning to be seen terrible, pale, hairless things that crawl up out of the earth. You must be very careful on your way to the south and very brave. Pray to the sun and the earth or whatever you pray to. Those villagers are still there. You should pray that they will help you and give you shelter for the night. Otherwise, you'll have to spend the night with the rotlings. Oh, my. Yeah, thank you for the words of caution. I think we must be on our way. Well, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, I'm feeling a bit peaked, and I'm glad you enjoyed the Notberry Aid. And if you do shop here again, it's been lovely trading with you, and thank you for saving our lives and everything. Say goodbye, Arky. <laughs> so, I assume you continue your journey down the flying road, as they call it. And you've heard talk of this so-called neon forest, but before you see it, the road goes into hilly country. And it's not quite as straight anymore. It curves around a bit. And uh, it's a very wide road. It's probably like almost as wide as like a six-lane modern-day highway would be. But, of course, it's in terrible disrepair because it's so incredibly ancient. And uh, it winds through this hill country. And these hills are so eroded that they're almost hemispherical. They're almost like little half globes or half marbles stuck into the ground. They are heavily marbled in color. The same color, in fact, that that bear rabbit was colored. The purple and black striations. It's like a marbled rock called xenolithium. And the purple stuff is something called vitroleum syrup. But neither of you are really alchemists. Uh, but they are very striking hills. And in all of the spaces in between the hills, but not growing up onto them, just filling all of the cracks and the basins and the ravines are what must be the neon forest because all the plants are all like day glow, multicolored, 
with all uh, sort of pulsing, multicolored leaves and flowers. And you're not terribly familiar with these things, but it's quite beautiful. But in a harsh kind of way. It must be very lovely at night. Uh, in fact, it'll be night soon enough. And, of course, night takes a long time to happen because it takes the sun a long time to set because it's so very huge. But it's not dark at all. In fact, it's much brighter here among the day-glow forest than it normally is. You know, the sun doesn't give off a huge amount of light. The sky is always like a dark navy blue, and you can see stars in the daytime pretty easily. At least some of the very brightest ones, like Serapis, the demon star, and the empty star, which is just a ring. But you're not astrologers, so we won't get into celestial mechanics. But soon enough, the road is winding through those hills, and they tower up on either side of the road. And the neon forest you can see on either side of you, but below you, again. The only benefit here is that you're not actually down on the ground, traipsing through the neon undergrowth. Three chains high is how high you are, and that's about like 12 feet to us. Soon, though, it's quite clear to you that uh, out of the darkness above the glowing leaves after the sunsets, you do see some light that's not part of the trees. It looks like it's floating in the air like a little lighthouse. Could this be the tower of Tsar Narwhal that you've heard of? You're not sure. You don't see any tower attached to it. But then again, it's very dark. All you can see is the light above it. It's just black behind all that neon. And while your attention's focused on that, there's a sucking sound behind you, a sticky sound. And you turn around and you see there's a pale thing crawling up over the side of the road. And three more quickly follow it. And the thing has no arms. It's got short and stubby legs. It's just covered with sticky substance that must be how it climbed up here. It doesn't even uh, have any eyes or nose or ears that you can see, but it just has this disgusting anus-shaped sucking mouth. And these things drop up onto the road surface. Could these be the rotlings that Bong warned you about? I don't know. But you can run from them or you can stand and fight. But first, you must roll initiative to see who can do what first. And I'll let you roll that again. Now, of course, remembering that you guys act on a four, five, or six. And the rotlings will act on a one, two, or three. Mm. All right. Four. Okay. That will be you guys. And you see the four disgusting little rotlings, and their aggressive posturing leaves no mistake. Uh, I think, in, I think, in we uh, we gotta run, we one. Yeah, um, I think we are at uh, we, uh, we we uh, yeah the rats. Let's run. We have no <laughs> no desire to face these things, and no reward. I'm hurting pretty bad from the bunny fight. Oh, well, you've got to get patched up, then. Well, I hope there's somebody who can patch you up. So you turn and run as fast as you can. And as you turn around and look behind you, these things are sort of hopping after you on their little stubby legs, this wobbly sort of hoppy walk, but they're pretty fast. They may not be that much faster than you. Uh, you guys have got about a 40-foot difference between you and them, in ter- or distance between you and them. Uh, they started further back, of course. But you rush up and around the first big bend and around one of the big marbled hills. 
and you do see that great big tower now is more of a column stretching off to the sky with a there's a, it's about the size of a lighthouse like I say and it's literally though just a column with like a house built on top of the column you know there's no uh, obvious entrance or door down here at the base the house door is way way up high and you've rushed down towards the base and the only thing you do see is a bell with a little rope that you can ring it maybe get somebody's attention because there's not but there's nothing like a village when Bong was talking about a village being at the base of the tower it must have been destroyed or people moved out you don't even see the signs of it now of course no, at least not on this side it could be on the other side but what do you guys want to do? Meanwhile, the Rotlings are getting closer and closer, and there's more of them. There's not just the original four. There are a dozen that have crawled up along the road during your chase. And now you can either fight a dozen or figure out how to get up this tower. I think we should uh, ring this bell like crazy. Just ring it and, and hope that someone will come to our aid. I think that's a good plan, and I'm going to ring it. Okay. Well, I imagine you just ring the hell out of it then. And uh, and you wish it were louder, but no sooner do you ring it than, of course, now the Rawlings, they're like 30 feet away from you. They're going to get here soon. Uh, but a chain drops down from the top of the tower, a really long chain. And uh, it coils up around your feet, this huge, thick chain. Uh, is of course still attached to the top. The whole thing didn't just fall all the way to the floor. Uh, but it's rather startling, but it offers a means of escape. Do you want to climb it? Yes, hurry. Uh, to the top. Uh, now, luckily, uh, the chain is... The links are so big, right, that uh, it's pretty easy to climb. It's a lot of good footholds, so you have an advantage when you climb. Uh, both of you guys roll two 20-sided dice. Add your dexterity bonus. We'll pick the best result. Try to get higher than a 15, of course. All rolls are for 15. Oh, yes. 20 altogether. Or 24 okay. altogether. Oh, very nice. That is lucky, because I would have hated you to have fallen down into half a dozen rot links. As it stands, even by making the roll, as you scramble up the chain as fast as you can, uh... The first original four Rawlings get close enough to where they're right at the base of the chain looking up at you hopping. They seem unwilling to try to climb it with their sticky bodies, but they spew liquid out of their little disgusting anus mouths, shooting, squirting it into this burning stuff uh, towards you. And both of the ones that were aimed at little Jubal miss. And then, oh, well, hey... Both of the ones that were aimed at Squirg missed too. You can hear it hissing as it hits the pylon on either side of the chain. They they squirt some kind of burning burning diarrhea. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's nasty, but I, you avoid it, and I assume you finish your climb up the chain. You find yourself at the edge of a basically all of the territory on top of the pillar is occupied by this still very tall house. It looks even bigger now. There's firelight coming out of an upstairs window, but to the portcullis in front of the tower is, uh, is, as you stand there, it just seemingly opens by itself. There's no one up here to greet you. There's no sign of who undid the winch that lowered this chain that rescued you. 
Do you guys want to coil the chain back up, now that I think of it? Oh, yes. Uh, I believe uh, this would keep out uh, other sorts of uh, undesirables. Okay. Well, that's probably a good idea. Because maybe those little rotlings won't come up here. But now, I guess there's only one thing to do. Uh, and that is, I mean, I could say, do you want to enter the portcullis? It seems like a pretty obvious entry, but then again, you could go uh, ignore that and find a window or something like that. Hello? <laughs> There's no answer, just your own voice echoing back to you. But it's a pretty big hall, you can tell from the echo, even though you can't see anything because there's no light in there. Well, I'm going to rub my rabbit's foot and... I say, let's step into this portcullis. Port, port, what's it called? The portcullis. The front door. The doorway, yeah. Well, step inside <laughs> and uh, see what uh, fate has in store for us. When you do step inside, suddenly there is light. And you can see that the room is illuminated, but there's pretty much nothing in it. It's a huge room made of pale brick, and there's a stairway going up. But at the base of the stairway, there's a little table with a flower pot on the table, and there's a sunflower in it that's glowing. The sunflower itself is glowing glowing like a 90-watt light bulb. And it suddenly lifts up from the table like it's floating as if an invisible person is carrying it. And it begins to go up the stairs. Most peculiar. Yes. Do you want to follow it up the stairs? I'm going to ask, do you want us to follow you up the stairs? It does a little bob like, like it's nodding, like it's trying to nod. It's sentient. This is incredible. I think as the wizard in these invisible... But I think he wants us to go up. So I think we should go. Yes, I think we should go up. Well, you get to the top of the stairs, and the flower is just floating there. The door at the top of the stairs swings open by itself, and inside that room it's dark. But a voice calls out. Turn around and back into the room. Slowly, do not attempt to see me. There will be terrible consequences for your sanity and your soul. We will have a lovely conversation, but you must not attempt to see me. Do you understand? You want us to have a conversation with our backs to each other? Yes, absolutely. Although my back will not be to you. Oh yeah, well, yes, that makes sense. Um... Yes, uh, I, uh, I have no problem with that. Uh, just be warned, uh, <clears throat> I, uh, am more capable than you might think, so. Oh, I am counting on both of you being highly capable. Don't worry, if I wanted you dead, dead you would already be. I see. Well, I shall face away and never gaze upon you. I do. I do the same and back into the room. My unseen servant will 
carry the sunflower in so you may see. And it floats before you as you slowly back into the room. You can see it's richly decorated in purples, and there are quite a few books that you can see, at least in the part of the room you're looking at. There's a table there with a delicious spread with some meat mallows, and uh, which is a lovely delicacy. And there's also uh, some beautiful wine, some sparkleweed wine. Please refresh yourselves. Uh, my uh, friend here is in great need of healing. Oh, uh, this will all be seen to in time. But one cannot heal on an empty stomach. Please refresh yourselves. Make yourselves at ease. And you can hear a piece of furniture sliding up behind you. It touches the back of your knees. There's a little divan. Oh, yes. Very comfortable. Please. Thank you. Thank you, kindly. Yes. Please eat. I won't feel satisfied until you do. Don't watch me eat. I'm afraid you would not be able to handle it. And you hear a strange sucking sound. I don't want to be rude, but is, is there a... Um likeness to those uh, rattlings we've encountered. Oh, no. I am not a rotling. However, they can be quite tasty from time to time. But I assure you the meat in the meat mallow is fresh beeves. Some of the last beeves north of the falling wall. Well, I was actually referring to uh, your visage. Oh, uh, no. I thought I heard sucking. Well, <laughs> There's definitely sucking. I'm sucking my dinner. I see. Yes. Don't be curious about me. I'm sorry, I'm very curious. It's in my nature. Please do not turn around. It is for your own protection, I promise. Could you at least uh, tell us the, uh, the reasoning behind uh, why we are not allowed to lock eyes upon you? It literally would kill you, most likely. If you did manage to live through it, you would never be the same. Never. Now, is this the result of a curse or a spell or uh, some sort of accident that is leave you, leaving you disfigured? It is an accident. The accident of pride, perhaps or ambition, for I sought to see too far and to meddle with things that ought not to be meddled with. I enjoyed coming up with the syllables that would vibrate space and time and bend it to my will, and I had many successes, but you cannot have successes without failure, and unfortunately, this, the way I look, is the result of one of many failures. In fact, it is a recent failure of mine that I wish to discuss with you. But please. Well, I've been eating this whole fucking time, so... Oh, good, <laughs> good. Isn't it lovely? Yes. And you guys haven't had beeves in forever. So, are you eating up too there, Jubal? You gonna have some sparkleweed wine? Well, now that is very tasty looking indeed. It is very tasty. Look at Hi, that. we come from the north and uh, haven't had beeves in such a long time. A very long time. So I have heard. Rumor has reached me. 
from my sisters who live far to the north in the Doptic lands, and I know things are terrible there. I would not be surprised if you're not seeking a new life in the south, perhaps Serizarks? You, uh, you know much. You are correct. I am exceedingly well informed. Most of the insects in the neighborhood are in my service. Is that true? Yes, it's true. Oh, yes. Well, he is a very powerful wizard, yes. So I think he can... He could control the insects. No problem. No problem. And I understand that you yourselves wield some mighty magic, or so I am informed. Well, uh, I have a few tricks up my sleeve, you could say. That's good, that's good. You will need your tricks if you are to undertake this quest I have for you. And let me begin with the punchline to my story. You will receive 10,000 pennies, and not red copperas pennies, oh no, but of the very rare blue copperas. Each blue copperas penny is equal to itself 10,000 red copperas pennies. You would arrive in Ceres Arcs as kings, as princes. Yes, yes. Are you interested in hearing more? Yes, you may. You must. I insist. Tell us more. I shall, happily. It is a simple delivery. Box. You must take a box which I will provide. You will not look into the box. Of course. You will take <laughs> you will take it far to the south to the Sea of Gas. And you will sail out into the Sea of Gas for two days and two nights. And then you will drop the box into the Sea of Gas. And then you will be finished with your quest. And I will even pay you in advance. Aren't I very trusting? So, um, this is a very, uh, simple-sounding task. Is there, what is, can I ask the result of dropping this box into the sea of gas? There will be two results. For one, I will know due to an algorithm I have placed in an enchantment that I have put upon the locking mechanism and the spell that I have added to the locking mechanism, the evanescent hold portal upon the lock, yes, and I have also cast Lander's Zone of Silence upon the box, so you will not be disturbed by anything you hear coming from within it. But I will know, that is the first result. You need not concern yourself with why the box must be at the bottom of the sea of gas. The second result is that the humunculi, which you have just ingested, they will die, and you will pass them with your other waste, for you see I am not as trusting as I might appear. And the delicious food and wine that you have just consumed contained humunculi, which are now living in each of you. And they will grow, and they will grow, and in the time of eight moons, they will burst their way out, having eaten you from the inside. Unless, of course, that box goes into the sea of gas, and when it does, the algorithms that I have placed on the algorithms of the patterns inside the homunculi will cause them to die, and you will find yourselves rich men. And what could be more simple? 
The only catch, of course, is don't look inside the box. It would be very, very bad if you did. It's something I created that was a failure, an abomination. And you would be best advised to leave it alone. Well, you are quite deceitful, I must say. I feel like I've been betrayed. I am a morality unto myself. Perhaps you have heard. Yes, it is uh, my fault. I should have been more cautious. Well, you will remember this in the future, but I assure you that I am an honest man when I speak of magic. And I assure you that I would rather see you rich in Sarasarks than dead. For I do not want these humunculi to get out. They grow very large. I would have to awaken the metal gods to deal with them. So I am trusting that anyone who has the wherewithal in this late hour of the dying dearth to seek out a new life has my grudging respect. Now, the way is very long to the Sea of Gas, and this box is rather large, so I will even provide a conveyance for you, a wagon which will run on the power of the wind. Oh, yes. Intriguing. Yes, very much so. You see, a wind elemental is in my service, and the sails of this wagon will always be full whether or not the wind blows. Can you tell me, have you been to Sarasarks yourself? Oh, of course. As a young man, I dabbled there. I was in a club known as the Princelings, and I dated a Medusa for a while. That was fun. I enjoyed that immensely. And I enjoyed uh, visiting a zoo where you were allowed to eat the delicious animals. And I asked questions of the monster in the well who told me my fortune. And I even once gazed upon Queen Crimson herself, an immense flaming ball of fire with a beautiful face. Ah, yes, but that was many thousands of years ago when I was a young, young man. Don't turn around to look at me, remember. Do not look in the box, either. Now, you mentioned being hurt. When you retire to your rooms, which have been prepared for you by my unseen servant, you will find something that will make you feel completely reinvigorated. I promise you this, for I want you healthy on the morrow. You promise not to inject him with worms or something? I promise not to inject him with worms. Well... It's not my body you're healing. It's it's up to him. Well, I think he's, he's got what he what he wanted. And uh, yes, he's uh, proved himself quite devious. But I think uh, the healing will only benefit him because uh, we need to be, of course, at our our tip-top health to make it all the way. You are wise beyond your stature. Of course. Well, now I must go. I must sleep amongst the... Well, never mind where I must sleep, but I must rest. Now, this is the last you will see of me. I will not rise to break fast with you and see you off in the morning. 
Now, because the way is so long, you should fill your bellies before you leave. My unseen servant will let you out and attend to the box and prepare this, oh, shall we call it, wind wagon. But for now, I will bid you farewell, and I hope you enjoy your riches, which again, my servant will provide. So you're off to bed then, is it? Yes, I'm asleep amongst the... Well, never mind where I'm asleep. Okay, yes. Don't let your curiosity get the better <laughs> of you. Now, slowly walk forward. Do not attempt to turn around and see me. Don't do it. Well, I'm not going to. <laughs> if only I had a mirror, I could do it the uh, sneaky way. Do you think he was a rotling? Hmm. I have no, I don't think so. I think he is something else. I'm still behind you. You haven't left the room yet. <laughs> yes, uh, okay, very well. We're, we're leaving. You sleep among the uh, whatever, and uh, we will be on, be on our way to our own rooms. But I will satisfy your curiosity on one point, says Zara Narwhal. I am not a rotling. I am something else. And then the door closes by itself, almost hitting you in the ass on the way out. But at the other end of this upstairs hall, you see another door that opens by itself, probably by the unseen servant. And there are two very comfortable beds in there. They're very well made out and clean. And there is a table with a great vial of red liquid with a tag on it that says, Drink me. Well, uh, um, does it look like it's multiple doses or just one? Nope, just one big old gulp. I'm going to gulp it down. It's a big gulp. And you're fully restored of all of your hit points, and you feel great. And you got to walk around the room a few times because you have so much energy. And the light of the green forested moon shines in through the windows. It, of course, looks to your eyes the way Earth would look from the moon to us today because it has seas and forests. In fact, that's where the elves come from. When the elves don't like a little baby elf, they put him in a little egg and shoot it down to dearth. That's where elves come from, here on dearth. In fact, you see a little shooting star in the sky, and you wonder if it isn't some little baby elfling being cast out from the great moon. But with these thoughts in your mind, and perhaps the uncomfortable pondering, even though you can't feel the homunculus inside you, you may ponder its existence, which is uncomfortable. Slightly disturbing. And I'll assume you go to sleep. Well... <laughs> he's still very curious. Uh, and while the uh, wizard sleeps might be a good time to try to sneak a peek at him without him knowing. But I got a... The problem is that unseen servant... He's sneaking around, and if I know where where he's at, though, at the moment, mm-hmm. like, if he's carrying something, mm-hmm. um, I have a idea, but I, I will try to look for, for signs of that servant and, and see if I can see any movement. Well, 
You don't see any in the room, of course, and when you look back out in the hallway, the sunflower has been returned to its original position. You can still see the door to Zara Narwhal's chamber on the other side of the hall. Okay. Well, he's going to, uh... Oh, God. Okay, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I'm gonna scramble across the... Am I still awake? Oh, yeah. I'm gonna try to stop him. Okay. I imagine you're, like, holding him back, and he's trying to get out of your grip. I've got to see it. I've got to see it. I don't think it's a good plan. And plus, he's a... He, he asked you not to, and he, he you don't want a, a, an ass for a face, do you? No, but, you see, he's sleeping now. Amongst... The, the, the what? The rotlings? I don't know, but I don't think you want to find out. Don't, aren't you at all curious? What if it's, uh, this could change everything? His, his, uh, he could be, um, I don't know what. Well, I admit I am quite curious, but I'm also quite loyal. And I could, uh, could not allow anything to come, anything bad to happen to you. And I think he would do something bad to you. Oh, he'll never know. Listen, okay, fine. Have it your way. Well, you you just take a a nice, well-deserved night of sleep and rest up, and I'll do the same. Well, now I think you're gonna just go after I go to sleep. In which case, now, that's preposterous. In which case, I would say if you're gonna do it anyway, then go now. Promise me, he will never find out, and then come back and tell me what he looks like. Yes, I will describe everything to you. Of course, he'll never know I'm as sneaky as a kitty cat. Okay, well, why don't you see if you can sneak down the hallway? Because you, you don't know, you don't know, for all you know, the unseen servant's standing right there. Yeah. But go ahead, and this would be a dexterity roll. You need a 15. Oh. Roll an 11 or higher, basically. But um, before I go... And because of your burglar background, you should probably have an advantage on this. So roll 2d20 and pick the highest. Before I go, I wonder if I could uh, just borrow that um, face paint. (laughs) Well, I suppose so. There's enough for multiple paintings, I assume. Yeah, there's enough for uh, four uses or like one band. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, uh, this is just... uh, something that might be uh, coming handy, so I will take it with me. And uh, what do I need to roll again? Uh, you need to roll dexterity. Or de- make a dexterity roll. Since your dexterity bonus is plus four, so you need an 11 or higher to beat a 15. And I get to roll two and pick the best. Mm-hmm. Pick the highest, yeah. Okay. That's, I rolled a 16, so 20. That's very lucky. You get to the end of the hallway, and if an unseen servant does notice you, it makes no sign of it. And so now you get to the door. You try the door. Ooh, it's locked. Is there a keyhole you can peek through? Yes, there is. You can peek through it. 
and you see inside there's a huge, what looks to be a big tub in the back of the room. And every now and then you can see some weird, lumpy, pale, spongy thing rising up out of the tub. And there's like some blue light glowing out of the tub. You can't really see into the tub. The tub. Tub monster. Well, uh, let's see if I can, uh, well, I don't have lock picks. No, no. I mean, a dad, well, I have a drill. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's obviously not an electric drill, but it seems like it'd be kind of noisy. You I don't know. You could certainly try to pick a lock with either the dagger or the drill, but it would be at a disadvantage. So you'd roll two, you know, d20 and pick the lowest. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay. I will, uh. Just. Let's go ahead and use this drill. I'm assuming it's kind of like you has a little handle. You just kind of wheel, you push, yeah. turn it. You know that kind of drill. Yeah, it's like a, got a little spirally pointed end on it. You can stick it in there. Go ahead and roll your. Uh, no. Okay. Two d twenty. Pick the worst one. Here we go. Need to roll an eleven. Ah, uh, the worst one is a seven. Oh. Well, I'm sorry. Suddenly, the door itself speaks, and it, you know what it says? It says, "Lockpicker, lockpicker, 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 lockpicker." And I think that's where we're going to go ahead and stop for tonight. I told you yeah. this is a bad plan. <laughs> oh yes, of course. Yeah. Curiosity killed the halfling. <laughs> Well, maybe. At least it ended the episode on a bang and not just going to bed. So, that's where your curiosity has brought us. So that's it, and we'll be back next time with more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.